Peter chapter number 4, and we're going to look down to about verse number 12, uh, and while you're turning there, I want to go ahead and re, uh, kind of reiterate to you just for a little bit on what the series is all about. Uh, like I said, about two weeks ago on a Sunday afternoon, one of our evening services, begin to share with you the burden that I had for our people that we grow during this time that we're, we are in uh, a proverbial gap, if you will. And I want you to think about it this way. As we go throughout the will of God for our life, uh, we set out, we go in the Word of God, and we find in the Word of God outcomes that the Lord Lord would have us to pursue. Uh, And as we go throughout the will of God for our life, we are pursuing the outcomes that God has uh, treasured for us within his word. Think about it this way. 1 John chapter 1 verse 4, the Bible says, these things write we unto you that your joy might be full. Now notice the outcome that is there. The Bible says that our joy might be full and the things that were written uh, preceding that were showing us how we could reach that outcome. We know the verse very well. We mentioned it this morning in our devotion time. Matthew six thirty three: Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added. Now all the things being added, that's an outcome that God would have us to pursue and he shows us how we can have that outcome and so we set out seeking first the kingdom of God that we might have the outcome that God has placed before us. Philippians chapter 3, we know this one well, verse 14. Paul says, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of Christ. Now, what is he doing there in that passage of Scripture? He's showing us that he's pressing toward the mark of an outcome that God has placed before them. Now, all throughout Scripture, we will see God presents us outcomes that are not only for our good, but as the song says, for his glory. So what do we do? We set out on this journey that we want to receive the outcome. We want to have what God says we can have, and we start spiritually skipping down the lane, headed toward what God has prepared, and as we approach the outcome of what God would desire we have, whether it be peace or joy or victory, as we approach the outcome, we encounter obstacles. And this is where it begins to get difficult. We desire what God says we can have, but we find that having what God says he desires that we have is going to require a little bit of fight. In order for us to have all of these things that he said he would add to us, we find that it's not so easy to seek he first. There's the obstacle. We find that when we're pursuing and pressing toward the mark, as the Apostle Paul did, the outcome, that desired outcome that God would want for us, we find that in order to press toward the mark, we have to pass up some things that do not really matter. And oftentimes, those are the obstacles. There's no way the devil is going to allow us to have these spiritual outcomes that God desires for his children that are going to be spiritually good for them and bring glory to our Father. There's no way the devil is going to let us have the outcome without presenting to us an obstacle to stop us. Now, this is the gap I believe we find ourselves in. We're somewhere between the outcome of what God desires and the obstacle of what we are going through right now. And I will be honest with you, it is in this middle ground, this gap area, where you will decide what your spiritual life will result in. It's in this gap, this in-between period, so in between the obstacle that's trying to stop you and the outcome that God desires for you, it's there that you will be made or broken. And I believe tonight the Word of God has some wonderful, wonderful principles for us where we can learn to grow in the gap. Now, here's the good news. Regardless if there's an obstacle, the outcome is still there. 
You know, we started off 2020 and we had our theme of being engaged and we're excited, looking forward to the outcome at the end of this year, looking back and seeing all that God did. The outcome is still there. The fruit of an engaged church is there. The fruit of an engaged life is still there for you. That outcome is there. All the promises of God are still good and still valid in spite of the virus and the obstacle that we're going through. But you've got to decide right now between the obstacle and the outcome what you're going to do. And that's where the third O. I told you there's three things in every one of the scriptures we're going to look at. There's the outcome, there's the obstacle, and then there is our obedience. This is where we decide what we're going to do in the gap. And so tonight, we're really going to begin delving into that if we can. I believe all that God has in store for our church is still there. The question is, what are we going to do right here now? Right now, we are in the gap. We are at the obstacle. The outcome is still there. But what are we going to do right now in this middle time, this middle area? And I believe God will show us from his word. First Peter chapter number 4, look down if you would to verse number 12. The Bible says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy." So tonight as we look at this series on growing in the gap, we're going to be looking at trials. As we look at the the series, Growing in the Gap, Making it from Obstacle to Outcome through Obedience, we're going to look at this subject of trials, and I believe what a timely message the Lord's given us tonight for what we're going through. So let's stop and pray. Let's ask the Lord to bless his word, and let's ask the Lord to bless those whose requests were mentioned earlier. Our Father, we do thank you again for the privilege of being here. We thank you for the privilege to pray. What a blessing it is to come to your throne of grace. And Father, that's what we're asking for tonight in the lives and the needs of all those that were mentioned give healing, Lord, give comfort, give strength where needed, give wisdom where needed, bless our country, heal it, Lord, we pray that you'd be merciful to us, forgive us for how we've strayed away from you, heal our land, we ask, be with our president tonight, and bless our time as we go through this word, I pray you would help us to grow in this gap, and Lord, to your glory in Jesus' name, amen. So First Peter chapter number 4, we look down to verse number 12, and I want you to notice a particular word, where the Bible says in verse number 13, The Bible says, rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. That, and notice the next word, the Bible says, when his glory shall. Now notice those two words, when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. We notice those two words are speaking about a future event. We notice those words are speaking about an outcome, and the Bible says here, it's when his glory shall be revealed. Now, this is the outcome. This is the end of the road that we are looking toward, and the Bible shows us when that when is. It is when Christ's glory shall be revealed. That is when either he comes to get us or we go to see him. The Bible says there's an outcome that we should all desire in our life, and the outcome is that we would be found faithful. Number one, the outcome that we should all desire at the end of our life when Christ's glory is revealed, the outcome is that we would be found faithful. Notice, if you will, the Bible says at the end of verse 13, that you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Do you know why you're glad and have exceeding joy? 
You have gladness and exceeding joy because you have been found faithful. You have made it from the obstacle to the desired outcome. And when Christ's glory has been revealed, he has found you being faithful. Now, let me tell you something tonight. Matthew Henry said it this way. He said, trials promote the gospel and prepare us for glory. They promote the gospel and they prepare us for glory. Now, none of us like trials. All of us like the thought of the happy ending, that outcome that God would desire we reach to where when he does appear, he finds us faithful. That's the outcome we all desire to have. But we must understand, in order to be glad and joyful when he does appear, we're going to have to know how to make it through the obstacle in order to reach the outcome. I can tell you tonight, a lot of us have different uh, uh, sporting teams. A lot of us tonight have different maybe political views. A lot of us in our church, we have various ideas of what the best fish is and what the best car is and what the best gun is. Can I tell you one thing I think we will all agree on tonight? Is that when Christ returns and his glory shall be revealed, we want to be found faithful. I have no doubt about that. Uh, there's a lot of things I'm not sure about. Uh, the last uh, three to four weeks, there's a lot more things that I'm not really sure about. But during this time, there's one thing I am sure about is when his glory is revealed, when he comes to me in the rapture, I go to him in death. I want to be found faithful. And God is showing us in verse 13, uh, verse 12 and verse 13, how we can be found faithful and reach that outcome that he desires for us. I'll tell you this and put it this way, I think you'll understand it. God does not want it to be awkward. When the Lord comes back, he doesn't want it to be awkward for you. He wants it to be a blessed hope, that you are looking for that blessed hope. You're looking forward to his return. Now, God doesn't want it to be weird, okay? God wants you to reach the outcome and have gladness and have joy. That's what God wants for you. And he's even showing us how we can have gladness and joy when his glory does appear. I saw a sign years ago, and uh, it was at the, uh, the antique store there in Monroe, not far from our church, uh, and the sign on the door says, no soliciting, don't make it weird. And I thought to myself, well, that's a great one. I, I like to hang that one on my door sometime, in my office door, you know, no soliciting, don't make it weird. Look, you don't want that day to be weird. Look, there's a lot of times where it can be weird in your life. You know, you wear something that doesn't match or you walk out the door and uh, you got two different shoes on. I mean, that's awkward and that's weird. But I'll tell you something. There's going to be no awkward feeling like the one you're going to have that when his glory appears, you don't have gladness or joy. Why? Because he did not find you faithful. I'll be honest with you. I appreciate the fact that God is letting us know in advance what he wants us to be when he comes. It's not going to be a surprise. I mean, I appreciate him telling us before we get there. I remember back during uh, Christmas, uh, we were in the parking lot of some store and ran into several of our, our members. I believe we ran into Brother Brent and his family and the Shans. We ran into them as well. And after we finished talking with them for about, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes, we get in the car and my wife tells me, I was, you have something on your teeth. I said, what is it? She said, I don't know. It's like a piece of lettuce stuck to your teeth. She said, I was staring at it the whole time you were sitting there talking to them. You've got this green thing stuck to your teeth. I was like, well, I sure would have liked to have known while I was talking to them. That way I could have, uh, you know, raked it off just a little bit. She didn't give me advance warning. And boy, it was awkward when I got in the car and realized, man, there was something stuck to my teeth. Now, God's letting you know ahead of time 
that when he shall appear, you're going to want to have joy and gladness. That's the outcome that God desires for you. But understand, the only way that you're going to have joy and gladness is that you're found faithful. That's the only way that when the trump of God sounds and he appears in in the clouds, that he finds us faithful. He finds us busily abiding in the will of God. That's what Hebrews chapter 12 means when it says, let us run our race with patience. Patience is busily abiding in the will of God. That when the trump of God sounds and his glory appears, we're found faithful. And then you smile and you have joy and you have gladness. There's nothing like being prepared, is it? There's nothing like when you sit down, our kids sit down to take a test, and you know you've studied, and you just feel kind of all bubbly inside. Maybe some of you have never felt that before, but that's surely what it feels like. I've, I've felt it a couple times in my life. And man, you're excited. You're looking forward to the test. Why? You're prepared. Now, folks, we could be prepared for that outcome. We could have joy and gladness, but we're going to have to be found faithful. That's the outcome. God wants to find us faithful. I want you to think about this tonight. Matthew 25, we know the parable of the talents. The Bible tells us about the the talents that were delivered to them, the one, the two, and the five. We know the story well. I want you to try to imagine how it felt for the ones who were told, well done. And I want to just try to uh, hypothesize how they were feeling. When their master came back and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I wonder if you probably could not describe the way they felt as glad and with exceeding joy. Now, how did they get to the outcome to where they heard well done? How did they get there? That's where all of us want to get. We all want to get to the outcome of hearing well done. We want to be glad and exceedingly joyful. But how do we get there? The Bible says, well done, thou good and faithful Notice, in order to reach the outcome, they had to be faithful through the obstacle. They had to be obedient to what the master had told them to do. And God wants us to understand that when his coming, when his glory shall appear, he wants us to be joyful. He wants to be filled with gladness. But that's not going to come if we're not found faithful. I remember in school, one of my, uh, one of my favorite days was when our teacher would give us an open book test. You think about that. An open book test, they give you the test, they tell you, here's your test, and they give you the book, which gives you the answers to what's on the test. And understand the Christian life is is really an open book test. We know what's coming. We know what's coming. We know that the Lord will return. His glory shall appear. We know we shall stand before him. We know that. And we've got to decide how we want to be feeling when we reach that place. I want to have joy and gladness. But the only way that we'll have joy and gladness is to be faithful right now. We can't wait until we hear the trump of God and decide, you know what, I want to be faithful. No, right now is the time that we decide we want to be found faithful. You've got to start focusing on the finish before you get to the finish. Acts chapter 20, this is why we see the Apostle Paul going through all he's going through. And the Apostle Paul says this, I want to finish my course with joy. Now, at that time, he knows he's walking into trouble and trials and bonds and afflictions are waiting for him. And yet, in that very same verse, verse 24 of Acts 20, the Apostle Paul says, I want to finish my course with joy. Now, what was he thinking about? The Apostle Paul was thinking about his outcome. Paul says, I want to finish my course. And not only do I just want to get through it, 
Paul says, I want to finish with joy. So what did Paul decide to do? He says, none of these things move me. What was trying to move him? Trials. But Paul says, I want to be found faithful. I want to finish my course, and I want to keep the faith. And so right then, as he went through the trial, he decided, you know what? I know where I want to be at the end of this thing. I want to be found faithful. And not only do I want to finish my course, I want to finish it with joy. So number one, he saw the outcome, that he wanted to be found faithful. And you need to understand tonight, if you want to be found faithful, if you want to have joy and gladness at the appearing of Christ when his glory doth appear, you've got to understand, you've got to start heading that way now. You can't wait until you get to the end, till you get to the outcome, decide that you want to be found faithful. So number one, what is the outcome? Well, the outcome is to be found faithful. Now, notice the second thing. I want you to see the obstacle. The obstacles in verse 12. The Bible says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. Now, we see the focus. What is the outcome? To finish and to be found faithful and to finish with joy and gladness. And we set out, that's the outcome I want, that's what I'm going to do, and then lo and behold, here comes the obstacle. What is the obstacle? Number two, it's the trying of our faith. The trying of our faith. The Bible says, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial of your faith. I think we've probably all experienced uh, the experience or the, the feelings when you have uttered the words, I knew it wasn't going to be that easy. Uh, many times my wife has ordered something through Amazon or maybe bought something at Dirt Cheap and you see the picture on the box and it just looks so pretty and, and the box is only yay big and you're thinking, how are you going to get a lampstand out of that box, you know, and the picture looks so beautiful and you start putting it together and you realize it's not as easy as the picture looked. I remember years ago we were uh, in Disney World and uh, they had this animation academy. It's where you can learn to draw uh, cartoon characters from Disney while watching an animator do it right in front of you. And they're talking about how easy it is. You can draw these pictures. And I was like, well, you know, okay, I'll, I'll do it. So we get in there and they give us a big old uh, little board to draw on, a piece of paper and a big pencil. The pencils do not come with erasers. Yeah, that's a problem already. And we sit down, and we're going to draw Donald Duck. And the lady said, it's so easy to draw Donald Duck. And she just sits there, and, and you're like, yeah, that was easy. I think I can do that. And so she begins showing us how to draw, and you start off with a circle. And I didn't know this, but you, you use your whole arm to draw a circle. That's how the professionals do it. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm drawing all these people sitting next to me, Miley and Leslie and all these people in there. And, and, so then, and then you draw this swooping line for his beak, and you come out, and you got these lines for his eyes and all of this. And... And just a few minutes later, I looked down at my paper. It doesn't look anything like Donald Duck. She made it look so easy. And matter of fact, this, this kid, over there, I think it was like from New Jersey, this kid had to been about eight or nine years old. He's sitting over there looking at my paper, seeing how good I did. And his looked 10 times better than mine. And, and so I'm just kind of just covering mine up, you know, like leave me alone. Leave, don't be copying off my paper. He didn't want to copy off my paper. But the animator looked, made it look so easy. Now look, it seems easy to say, you know what, that's what I want, I'm just going to go ahead and do that. But understand, there will be obstacles. You are going to have to work to reach the outcome. That's the gap we're talking about. In the middle of the obstacle and the outcome, you have got to decide what you're going to do. And what you decide to do in the gap will decide where you end up and how you feel when his glory does appear. Whether or not you're filled with gladness or filled with joy. Remember it this way, the work to be found faithful 
will prove the worth to be found faithful. The work you put into being found faithful to reach the desired outcome of joy and gladness when his glory doth appear, the work you put in will show you how much it's worth to you. Now, folks, I love to deer hunt. Uh, I've told you that before. I think a lot of our men, some of our ladies like to deer hunt as well. You think about how much work we put into deer hunting, preparing for deer hunting. We start going out there in August, maybe September, and plowing up the ground, planting our food plots, and putting out hundreds of dollars of corn to fatten up the deer, and all of these things. Why do we do all of that work? Because it's worth it to us. That big deer walks out, or all of those deer walk out. It's worth it to us. That's why we put in the work. Now, can I tell you something? The outcome that when you are, are found faithful by God, when his glory shall appear, you've got to decide, is it worth it to you? And you will prove whether or not it's worth it to you by working through the obstacle. The obstacle is the fiery trial, the Bible says, which is to try you. You know, I was thinking about this virus and how it has tried so many parts of our lives and it has tried so many parts of our country. You think about it. Uh, it is trying us economically. Uh, I mean, boy, it has strained our economy. So many people, I forget how many millions of people they said have now been added to the unemployment rolls. It's trying uh, the employment of our country, the economy of our country. Uh, it's trying our medical infrastructure. I mean, our doctors and nurses and medical professionals, they're working overtime. It's trying them. But I'll be totally honest with you. I believe underlying, underneath all of this, I believe it's trying our faith, to be honest. So what do you mean? This is an economic problem, not, uh, not a problem to do with the church. Well, if you think about it this way, Philippians chapter 4, the Bible says that God would supply all of our needs. You say, well, this is not an economic problem. Well, if God, listen, promised to supply all of our needs and we would just trust in him, then there's no need to worry even through the virus. So tell me again, it's not a trying of our faith. As our hours get cut back and some people get laid off and stores begin to run out of food and we begin to go through all of this panic, we will find out what we are trusting in. And truly, this virus, as much as it's trying our economy, it's truly trying our faith. This is the work. I mean, we're not going to get to the desired outcome of being found faithful without the first trying of our faith. The devil's going to put a roadblock and says, you know what? I do not want you to get to the outcome of being found faithful. And so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try your faith. And he's going to try to put the obstacle in front of us to keep us from the outcome. I'll tell you what happens so often. A lot of times what people do is that's where they turn tail and go home. They say, you know what? The outcome is not worth it. They run into a roadblock of an obstacle where their faith gets tried and they find out that their faith is not what they thought it was. Now, this is important. What you do in the gap between the obstacle and the outcome will determine who you are, where you stand with God, and determine what you have through eternity to lay at the feet of Christ. This is why we've got to allow our faith to be tried. You know, faith is, uh, faith is an amazing thing. The sad thing is most people will never find out just what their faith can do is because they'll never allow their faith to be tried. They bail out. Uh, The devil throws an obstacle in front of them, a little bit of difficulty, maybe a little financial difficulty. Remember, financial difficulties will try your faith. the The underlying truth behind all of this is that God wants to grow our faith through it. But the problem is we will not allow our faith to be tried. We do not want pressure. We do not want difficulty. I read a story today by Max Lucado. And uh, it was a great story about this lady who had a bird by the name of Chippy. And Chippy lived in his nice little cage, and the mom, uh, the, the, the mom decided she was going to clean out the cage. And so she got her vacuum out, and she pulled the little nozzle off, and she's going to suck up the bottom of the cage that's there. And the phone rang, and she decided, you know what, I'm going to answer the phone. And she just left the hose in the cage with Chippy. 
The story goes on to say, evidently this is a true story. I mean, Max Lucado said it, so I'm assuming it's true. That while the lady's on the phone, all of a sudden she heard this loud thunk noise and looked over and Chippy was no longer in the cage. Chippy had gotten too close to the vacuum cleaner uh, and got sucked in. She immediately dropped the phone, went and got the vacuum cleaner, unscrewed the lid, uh, and pulled out this very, very frightened bird. He was just shaking. She took the bird. She saw how dirty and dusty he was, so she took him, turned the faucet on the sink, and began washing him off, and realized she'd accidentally turned on the hot water. Now, Chippy has been sucked into a vacuum cleaner, and now he's being scalded by his bird mother. She now realizes he's so hot and he's burned, she needs to dry him off. And so she pulls out the blow dryer and begins blow drying him off and realizes she has it on the hot setting. And she's cooking poor Chippy while he sits there. The reporter asks her, well, how is the bird doing now? She says, well, she says, he just sits there and stares out the window. He doesn't sing anymore. The reporter says, well, she said, if you had been sucked in, washed out, and blown around, you probably wouldn't sing about it either. And how often is that the case? We go through difficulty, uh, we get sucked up into life, and we get bounced around, and we go through the fire, and we just lose our spiritual song. What happened? We allowed the adversity, the obstacle, to deter us from the outcome of what God desired we become and who God would desire that we be. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, jot this one down. It's not very far from where we're at. The Bible says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth. Though it be tried with fire, notice that, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You know, there's no way to find out how precious your faith is if you do not allow it to be tried. Think about that. There's no way for you to find out how precious your faith is until you allow it to be tried. That's what the verse says. Gold, though it be tried with fire. That's how gold gets its value and its worth. Several years ago, my brother got into uh, knife making, and uh, pretty much anything he does, he does very well, and he decided he was going to make this knife, and he made a beautiful Damascus steel knife, and he's showing it to me, and it was beautiful. It had an elk horn uh, handle on it, and it was just polished up beautiful, and he says, I've got to heat treat it first, and I began asking him how all that worked and what, 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 what it really did for it, and he says, well, until you heat treat it, it's just pretty. He says, what heat treating does is it makes it ready to be used. He said, if you don't get it through the fire and get it heat treated just right and quench it just right, all you have is a pretty piece of metal. It's not very useful. You know me, I'm an illustration hound. I thought to myself, how many Christians do we have out there? They're just pretty knives. That's all they are. Now, why? Now, they're pretty, and they talk about their faith, and their faith has all of, the, uh, all of the conversation about it, but it has nothing about it that's useful. Why? Because they wouldn't allow it to go through the fire. They wouldn't allow themselves to be heat-treated, to be strengthened through the fire. And God would desire this time of obstacle, this time of difficulty and adversity, allow it to refine us and purify us and strengthen us that we could reach the outcome. The boy gets a little bit hot, and we decide, you know what, I don't want any of that. And that's why we never reach the outcome. Prime example is Job. You think about Job, what the Bible says about him. As Job was in the midst of his trial, Job chapter 23, almost in the dead center of his trial. What did Job say about God in verse number 10? He says, when he hath tried me, when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Job is looking to the outcome. Job says, this is tough. God never said it would be easy. 
trying is, is hot. As a matter of fact, in Isaiah, he calls it the, uh, the furnace of affliction. That God refines us and God purifies us and God strengthens us through affliction. Now, we cannot become strong. We cannot become pure. We cannot become refined if we won't allow ourselves to go through a little bit of obstacle, a little bit of adversity for God to strengthen us through it. And that's why we'll never reach the outcome. That's why we will not be found faithful. That's why we will be scared to death when the trump of God sounds because we couldn't make it through a little bit of fire to make it to the outcome where we'll be found faithful and have joy and gladness at his appearing. Folks, we've got to be willing to go through it, to be purified. We read all throughout Scripture, Job says, when he hath tried me, Job says, I understand what I'm going through. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Read the last chapter of the book of Job. The Bible says that the latter end of Job was better than the first. The Bible says that Job, at the end of his life, he had more at the end of his life, and he was more than he was at the beginning of his life. And you read about the beginning of his life, Job. Job was somebody. Job had a lot. But Job went through the fire. Now, how did Job go through the fire? He kept the outcome in mind. He kept thinking about where I want to get to. There was a chapter 42 in the heart of Job. Job says, I want to get to the end of this thing. I want to look back and see that I went through the fire. I want to become gold. And sadly, I mean, sadly, so many Christians today, they're fool's gold. How have you ever seen fool's gold? I think you go out west, a lot of the gas stations, I have all these little rocks and minerals for you to buy. Fool's gold, it's shiny and it looks like gold, but it's worthless. It's not the real deal. It's not been purified, just come right out of the ground. It is what you see it as. And I believe a lot of Christians today, we're just that. We're shiny, but we're useless and we're worthless. Why? We would not allow ourselves to be refined. We wouldn't go through the fire. We could not make it past the fiery trial, the Bible says, which is to try you. There's no way we're going to find out how precious our faith is if we don't go through the fire. There's no way. The Bible says that gold is precious when it's been purified through the fire. What an opportunity we have. I mean, we're griping about the difficulty, and I understand. Look, it's thrown a monkey wrench in my life, too, I assure you. I, uh, I'll tell you, I, t- I mentioned this morning in our devotion, living outside the box. I'm ready to get back in the box. I'm ready to get back in my comfort zone where I, I feel all nice and secure. Man, being outside of this, it's hot. But God wants to take this trial and purify us and strengthen us to who he would have us to be. So number two, what's the obstacle? Well, the obstacle is the trying of our faith. The outcome is being found faithful. The obstacle is the trying of our faith. And right now, we're right here in the middle of it. We're in the gap. And we've got to decide what we're going to do. So let's look at the obedience tonight. The third thing, let's look at the obedience. The obedience is really the beginning of verse 12. The Bible says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial of our faith, the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. They said, what is the obedience in that? You know, I studied on that, boy, for a while today, and I'm looking through that and thinking, gosh, what is God wanting us to do through this obedience? He says, I I don't want you to think it's strange. When you start going through a trial, as you're on your way to the outcome, the devil, here he comes. Just to go ahead and expect that. Jesus said, in this life you'll have tribulation. Expect it. That as you set your spiritual sights on the outcome of who God wants you to be and where God wants you to be, just go ahead and expect, here comes the obstacle, the fiery trial. It's coming, all right? Expect it. The Bible says that when it comes, look at verse 12, think it not strange 
He says again at the end of verse number 12, as though some strange thing happened unto you. So the obedience, number three tonight, is a faithful understanding. What do we do in times like this when we're in the gap, we're going through the fire? How does God expect us to react? He says, this is what I want you to do. When you get in the gap and you're going through the trial and you face the obstacle that's trying to keep you from the outcome, the Bible says what I want you to do to be obedient is think it not strange. I want you to have a faithful understanding. God's not saying we have to like it. But God says, understand it. He says, don't think it's strange. You should expect that. You should expect opposition. It would be like a running back running toward the end zone and nobody going to tackle him. That would be strange, all right? It would be like somebody trying to take a cheesecake out of my refrigerator and me letting him walk out the front door. That would be strange. No, I'm going to try to stop you. Why? Because I don't want you to get what I got. And the devil gets in front of us and presents obstacles because he does not want us to finish our course with joy. He does not want us to be found faithful. Do not be surprised. The Bible says don't think it's strange. And here's the sad thing. What an opportunity we're missing as the people of God to be a witness by having a faithful understanding of what's going on and by having peace in our life during this time. I expect the world to run around like Chicken Little. The sky is falling. I expect that. And we should expect that. Why? Because they don't have the hope and the faith that we do. But we understand what we're going through. We understand that we're going through a spiritual obstacle on our way to the outcome of being found faithful. We know that. And so we shouldn't think it's strange, the Bible says. The peace and the persistence that we have is a result, listen to this, is a result of understanding what we're going through. You know why you can have peace? Because you understand what you're going through. How can you have a peace that passes understanding as we go through this crisis, a worldwide epidemic that there's no cure for at this moment? How do you have peace as you go through that? You have peace because you have understanding. I understand what we're going through. Now, understand that even though this is difficult, and I do not like it, and the fire is hot, I understand it is for my good, and it's for his glory, and I'm going to keep my focus on the finish. Why? Because I want to be found faithful. And so I must have a faithful understanding. Well, let me give you a beautiful example. In Acts chapter number 16, Paul and Silas sitting in prison. The Bible says at midnight, what are they doing? They're singing praises. I want to tell you, you don't sing praises at midnight in a prison if you don't have a faithful understanding. They knew why they were there. They knew why they were going through it. And they were able to sing and have a faithful understanding that God was working through it all. And Paul says, you know what? What I'm going through right now does not take my eyes off the outcome. I want to finish my course with joy. And by the way, God saw fit to include the words and the prisoners heard them. Think about that. You know, God wasn't just filling in time and adding words to certain chapters to, you know, make the book a little bit bigger. Every word in there is on purpose. The Bible says they sang praises at midnight and the prisoners heard them. Oh, our world tonight is full of prisoners and they're, they're bound by sin. And oh, how they need to hear God's people singing through this obstacle. Why? Because we have a faithful understanding of what's going on. That's how Joseph made it through his obstacle. Joseph knows who God wants him to be. Joseph sets his sight on the finish. He knows the outcome. He wants to remain faithful to God. That's the outcome. So Joseph starts going through obstacles. His mean family, he gets sold into slavery, he gets lied about, he gets forgotten. 
I mean, obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. Most of us would have been on the spiritual floor in the fetal position, crying that God get us out of there. And yet Joseph just remains faithful and faithful. Why? He had a faithful understanding. How do we know that? Because he says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. He had a faithful understanding. He was able to keep moving between the obstacle and the outcome. He was able to grow in the gap. And boy, what an outcome. He sits there at the end. He's exactly where God wanted him to be. He still has his integrity. And now God's using Joseph to help save a nation. Why? Because he remained faithful. How do you remain faithful through the obstacle? You have a faithful understanding. Think it not strange, the Bible says. Turn with me real quick to Philippians chapter 1. I want to show you something. Philippians chapter number 1. Look down if you would. Um, Let's pick up in verse number 12. Remember the book of Philippians is being written from prison. The apostle Paul is writing from prison. He's in the midst of his obstacle. He's in the gap somewhere between his obstacle and his outcome. Notice what he says in verse 12 of Philippians 1. But I would ye understand... Uh Uh-oh, there's our word. Paul says, I want you to understand something that I understand. Brethren, that the things which have happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Boy, it sounds like he's crying the blues, doesn't it? Sounds like he's giving up on God. He's quitting and going home. How many of us are in prison tonight because of this virus? None of us. We get to sit in the comfort of our own home. And yet some of us, our faith is wavering over this simple virus. And yet Paul says, I want you to understand something, brethren. The things which have happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Paul says, I understand what I'm going through. Watch what he says in verse 13. So that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. (laughs) Paul says... Paul says, you know what? It almost sounds like Paul says, what a deal. It does. It almost sounds like Paul is saying, you know, look at the great stuff that's happening because I'm going through this obstacle. He says, look, the the, the preaching of the gospel is getting in the prison to the palace. Paul says there's brethren that are getting stronger as they watch me go through this. It almost sounds like Paul says, man, this is an easy, easy answer for me. I understand. It's for the furtherance of the gospel. You know what that is? It's a faithful understanding. Paul is saying, I understand what God's doing through this. And therefore, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to go home. I'm not going to cry the blues. I'm not going to be a bad testimony for God. I'm just going to go through this fire because I want to finish my course with joy. Paul says, I see exactly what God is doing. Several years ago, when we were in Louisiana, had a sweet little boy uh, in our church that was uh, diagnosed with leukemia and uh, was up at St. Jude's for six months, maybe nine months, a long time. And several times while he was at St. Jude's, we would drive up to see him. There was baby Justin. And boy, he's doing so good today. And uh, I remember going into his hospital room so many times. And here's this little baby, not even a year old, I guess, not even a year old. And he got tubes in his ears, uh, tubes in his nose, and he's got IVs in his arms, and he's going through chemo, and his skin is burned, and he's got the blisters on his arms. And You sit there and you look at that little child and you're just hoping and praying that he understands that what he's going through is for a reason to make him better. 
It's so hard for a child who's not even one year old to understand that the pain that I'm going through, the pricks of the needle and the feeding tube up the nose and all of those things, the chemo that was burning his skin. You just hope that they understand that all the pain you're going through is to make you better in the end. And I just saw, I think his birthday was this past week, was it? I think it was this past week or two weeks ago was his birthday, and he's running around playing, and boy, now he's doing so good. He's living a normal life, just a country boy. But boy, he had to go through that tough time. He had to go through that difficulty. He had to go through that adversity. He had to go through that fire, but it was for his good. Now, folks, I know our Father looks down at us a lot of times as we're going through that difficulty, as we're going through the fire and working our way through that obstacle. And I believe our Father looks down and says, you've got to understand. You've got to understand what I'm doing. You've got to understand. I can see the little boy running around on his second or third birthday. I can see him running around. And you've got to go through this right now. You've got to make your way to the fire of this obstacle to reach the outcome. And when you reach the outcome, you're going to love it. But you've got to go through this. And the way that you get through it is have a faithful understanding that our Father knows what's best for us. And as long as I'm doing the will of God and I'm faithfully walking the road and running the race that God's called me to, that I'm not going to encounter anything, whether it's an obstacle or a blessing, that God did not first ordain that I go through. What a blessing it is to have a faithful understanding that our God is working through all of this. But we've got to be willing to go through the fire. And we do that by having a faithful understanding. I want to give you this before we close tonight. When we get in a trial and we get in a time of difficulty, the biggest thing we have to decide is who's going to get mileage out of our adversity. Now think about this. Who's going to get the mileage out of this? Now God desires that you go through a difficult time, the fiery trial. We just read about it. Jesus said in this life we're going to have persecution. We understand that, all right? So we've got to decide when I go through it, who is going to get the most mileage out of it? Now, God wants to use that trial to purify and strengthen us. That way we continue to move forward to being found faithful where we have joy and gladness. That's what God desires. The devil would love to use a trial, an obstacle, to push us back in our faith that we would lose ground. You see, right now in the gap between the obstacle and the outcome, we've got to choose to be obedient. And what is the obedience? That we think it not strange. As this, the Bible says, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Can I tell you tonight something central about a church? The only decision we have to make tonight is to decide to be obedient. I'm going to be obedient through this trial. I'm going to be obedient like Job. I'm going to be obedient like Paul and Silas. I'm going to be obedient like Joseph. I'm going to stick it out through this obstacle. Why? Because I want to be found faithful. Read verse 13 again. Read, the Bible says, but rejoice. How do you do that? How do you rejoice in the midst of an obstacle, of a trial? But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Notice, the devil's going to convince you that you're all alone, but if you'll look down, you'll see the footprints of Christ. He was there long before we were. That when his glory shall appear, shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Right now, the chastening right now, the difficulty right now, the adversity, it does not feel good. But if we will keep our focus on the outcome, the outcome is that we be found faithful. I hear a lot of people talking about the trump of God sounding soon, and I guess he very well could. But understand something tonight. If he were to come back tonight, how would you feel? How would you feel? Would you have joy and gladness because he's finding you faithful? Or would he find you sitting over on the spiritual bench because you ran into an obstacle and you decided that it was not worth it? 
So folks tonight, let's put in the work during this time of adversity. This time of trial, listen, let's not grieve in the gap and just sit there and cry about the gap. No, let's grow in it. And we grow in by knowing, number one, the outcome is to be found faithful. The obstacle is the fiery trial of our faith. And the obedience is a faithful understanding that God is going to work for my good and his glory through it. Let's pray together tonight with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Let's have our